All right, guys, here we go, Nordy's podcast. Huge episode for you guys this week. We break down the Champions League. We talk Wolves. We talk Vikings. And we talk about what is the greatest tournament in all sports. Here we go, Nordy's podcast. And here we go, Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys doing? I'm thawing out, man. Yeah, yeah. It's cold, but I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Happy to be here talking sports with you guys. Um, hopefully, everyone is staying warm, and our hot takes will warm you to the bones. I think it's chilled to the bones, but we're going to do the opposite here. Um, <laughs> Nordy's podcast coming to warm you up with our takes. But before we dive into uh, all of the sports talk of the week. Um, we need you guys to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordeast Podcast. Also, subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Get the Nordeast Podcast directly to your phone or your, or your device each and every week. And also, please write us that review and give us five stars. If you write a good enough review, if it's funny enough, we will post it on our story. Yeah, we've okay. done it in the past. We'll do it again. Write a great review. We'll post it on our story. There you go. It's a great deal. You get the credit, and uh, we get the help in uh, spreading the word about the Nordeast podcast. All right, guys, we are all drinking different beers. What are you guys having tonight? Okay, I'm at Lupulin. I'm doing Fashion Mullet. I feel like I've had this on the pod before, um, but I love it. It's like a $12 four-pack of amazing hazy IPA. So I I get it every other week, and here we go. Is that the is that a primer at, at the $12 price point? Is that a primary or second? Oof, it's back. right in that line, isn't it? It's, it's almost right hard to define. It's must cop. I know that. Yeah, right on. Um, Eric, you'll appreciate where I'm going. Arbiter Brewing. Bippity, bibbity, drippity hop. It's a <laughs> double dry hopped, double hop, IP hopped, hazy IPA. Okay. It's insane. So it's a big um, beer. Eh, it's only 6.7. It's not uh, It's not too big, but it's really, really flavorful. I like it. Okay. I am drinking Junkyard's Pulposaurus, the New England-style India Pale Ale, with hopped with Citra and Eldorado. Um, it's like everything from Junkyard. It's just great. Pulposaurus yeah. is one of my favorite beers they make. Like, while I'm drinking it, I was thinking to myself, oh, if I had someone come from out of town who liked beer, I would be, like, really excited to show them how good Junkyard is. With that beer specifically, just, oh, just with all the stuff they have, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Everything that they have is just freaking good. So that's awesome. All right, guys, we're moving on to our warm up, Jim. What do you got for us today? Okay, you guys got to get get loose, think outside the box a little bit here because this is the goat, but this is goat based on vibes only. Who is the greatest athlete of all time based only on their vibes? Can you think like this? Can you accomplish this? Because okay, so I have like I'm, six in mind already, so go. I have one that like he's a guy that's like revered as like one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. But I think overall he had like a losing record. But everyone thinks because he won one Super Bowl, he's so good. And it's Joe Namath. He yeah. used to he used to like wear like the fur coats to the game, and he had the shade like the stun of shades on back when that wasn't even a thing in the seventies, <laughs> and then. He, he said, we're going to win the Super Bowl in some press conference, like during the early rounds of the playoffs. And then they ended up winning. But Joe Namath was like terrible. Like he was a, like a like a like statistically a very poor quarterback. But like he was rocking the confidence like mm. nobody's business. And I know this is like a super old school pick, but it was no, the first guy that is the first guy that came to mind of like flashy his bark is way bigger than his bite, you know, kind of guy. And uh, so, yeah, I'm going with Joe Namath. Broadway Joe is one of the all-time great nicknames. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I will say, he kind of um, made himself uncool when he was, like, hammered drunk on Monday Night Football and he was, like, talking to, was it, like, Susie Culber? Susie, Susie Culber on the sideline of Monday Night Football. Like, yeah, he said, you. I just want to kiss you. <laughs> yeah, so bad. <laughs> Oh, that one it was it's like painful to watch. Yeah, it's also those, like, I mean that's that's vibes, not the vibes they're going for. So I was thinking like vibes as a player, 
you yeah. know, not necessarily. No, it's a good pick. Stupidity. The body of vibe work. Yes, yes, yes. All right, I'm going with a Minnesota athlete. Okay. Okay. Oh, From I know who you're going. Minnesota Hall of Famer, one of the yeah. all-time greats. Randy Moss is my pick. Randy Moss is from what? Rand, West Virginia. Small town boy. I thought he was from Mississippi. No, he's from Rand, okay. well, West you'd Virginia. Know. He there's a there's a documentary called Rand University. It's all about how no one makes it out of this town, but all these incredible athletes are from there. Randy Moss. Um, I don't know if he was cool or not, but I guess just growing up, I thought he was the coolest. Mooning the crowd in Lambo making the most insane catches of all time, eating the turkey leg on Thanksgiving with the three catches, three touchdown performance. Um, you know, just all of his asshole comments, straight cash homie. The person who made the straight cash homie song is one of the great things I've ever heard in my whole life. Um, I don't know. He's cool as hell now on the NFL shows. He, he went from like uncontrollable diva superstar to like the coolest, most relatable, um, guy who covers the NFL. I always forget how crazy his accent is. He has such an interesting, who can do a Randy Moss? Can any of us even attempt it? Ryan is like, Hey homie. Now this is about what I was thinking. You like he has the craziest accent. And okay. I I really love that one. I was going to go with Dennis Rodman. I feel like he was a great player, but all he was, was vibes. All he was, was flash and style and attention off the court. And people hated him at the time, and I just thought it was a fun show. Like I just, he his wildness didn't impact my team. My team the, was irrelevant uh, the entire time. So what did I care? But the uh, the Last Dance documentary was hilarious when they're like, yeah, Dennis had like two bad games, and so then we we let him go from the facilities, and he spent, you know, three nights in Vegas and came back, and he was rejuvenated. It's like, dude, <laughs> Vegas is the opposite of rejuvenating. If anything, it makes you even, like, I, I was just shocked when they were like, yeah, Dennis needed a little time away, so he spent three nights in Vegas. We needed him to, to go and blow 400 grand so he'd come back and realize how bad he needed his job. I yeah. like Dennis Rodman because all of the celebrity uh, it women of the day we're just all battling for him. Yeah. Which Carmen Electra. Madonna. That's the only one I can remember. Pam Wait. Anderson? No, Madonna. Madonna. Oh, Madonna, yeah. Remember you said Madonna offered him a million dollars to get her pregnant? <laughs> I wish that that had happened because then we'd have like either the most well, amazing he, musical talent or basketball talent. Like those genes needed to come together. He was the Rodzilla, the tag team yeah. partner of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That he was stupid. Gift Bulls games to go be a pro wrestler. <laughs> I feel like the question. I thought that somebody was going to go with John Daly, and I thought I was kind of like setting somebody up to to win it with that, just because he was clearly more interested in partying and drinking and you know hole in one with no shoes on and whatever the hell he does. Um, but I love it. I, you guys came up with some good answers. I feel. I hope you're warmed up. I feel good. John Daly. John Daly did win a couple majors. Back oh yeah, he was. Definitely a big deal, which is okay. Having a successful career does not hurt you in this competition, but it doesn't help you that much either. Fair enough. Who was that Ricky guy that just smoked a ton of weed and ruined his career? Ricky Williams? Yeah, Ricky Williams. That's a sleeper. Texas Longhorn. (laughs) All right, guys. Time to move on to today's starting lineup. We've got all kinds of news coming your way. First up, J.J. Watt officially cut from the Texans. He was one of those players who had enough respect that they let him say that he was cut, even though in reality, or he, he asked for his release, but in reality, they weren't going to keep him around anyways. J.J. Watt gets a, a head start, a three-week head start on free agency. He's free to sign with teams at any point now, even before free agency starts. But J.J. Watt is um, well past it. Uh, he's still a nice player, but he is much more of a piece than he is uh, a cornerstone at this part. Oh. Like, and he is uh, like pro football focus has him as their 20th ranked free agent. Yeah, I mean, his brother oh, is wow. 15 times better than him at this point. Um, so some teams to look out for everyone is talking about the Packers because he is from Wisconsin. Um, people are talking about the Steelers because he, his brother is the star player there right now. Um, I could see him going to either. I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna give you a, a hot take, guys. I hope 
signs with the Packers. Me too. I was gonna say if if, our, if the biggest if the biggest D lineman we got to block from the Packers is JJ Watt, I think we'll be just fine. You I guys. want them to waste their money that they don't have. This is this is why I listen to the sports cast. <laughs> I hate the because Packers. you guys. That's crazy. I thought it was like the the storyline in the media that I followed was totally different than what you guys are putting down. It was like how incompetent is are the Texans? You well, know, all these on, star athletes on. have left. You know, those, that, those things are not mutually exclusive. The, right. the Texans okay. can still be super incompetent, and they did the right thing by letting JJ Watt go for wow. financial reasons. Interesting. So you're not trying to go grab them. It's like you know, Phil Phil Mackey's like Rick, pick up the phone. You're saying make the call. No, let it go. No, no. A, we can't afford him, and B, he's not worth what he thinks he's worth okay. to a team. So. Um, here, I'm going to give you his sack numbers through his career. Okay. Yeah. I know some of these injury years are, are, have lots of injuries, but here are his sack numbers. His rookie year, five and a half. His second year, 20.5. I mean, that's dominance. Then mm. 10.5, 20.5 again, 17.5. Then 2016, one and a half. 2017, oh. zero. 2018, 16. That's a huge year. 2019, four. 2025. Okay. He's going to be 32 years old this year. He had five sacks last year. He was making a fortune. He is Tons a, of miles. Yeah. He's a much bigger name than he is player at this point. Please go to the Packers. Okay. You guys said the same thing about Tom Brady, but whatever. Um, oh, I could be wrong. And like Clay Matthews, you know, he was with the Packers for a long time. He went and had one nice year still left in him with the Rams, you know, like mm -hmm. there's probably a, a time that JJ Watt could be good, but I'm saying I wouldn't fear that move. I hope, hope he gets big bucks from the Packers. Love it. Okay. All right. Coming in number two, we have the twins sign Matt Shoemaker. He played last with the um, Toronto Blue Jays. He's a 34 year old right-handed starter who is uh, signed a two year, $2 million one year deal. Can go up to 2.25 million. Um, he's 34 years old, like I said. Uh, does this move the needle with you at all, Ryan? We so we let go, or we didn't resign Sergio Romo. So we had to bring somebody back that had like a very intimidating beard, and that <laughs> is what Matt Shoemaker brings to the table. Um, I think he was a good pitcher four years ago. Um, with the Angels, he was serviceable, but lots of injuries. But also, you know, there's not a lot of downside to this. I, I'm, you know, whatever. And I, I know that the market for the Twins pitching is going to be this aging guys that you, you you're doing the Billy Bean thing where you're trying to squeeze the last ounce of baseball that they have left in them out for one season and hope. For a miracle, um, I don't see much downside to to Matt Shoemaker. He could also be a long um, bullpen guy um, if he's going to, you know, go like four, five innings or something like that. If you know, since we are living in this new world of baseball where you have a bullpen game, uh, Matt Shoemaker could be part of that. Um, injuries, etc. I I don't love the deal, but I don't hate it. Like I get it, so I'm I'm fine with it. it does it move the needle? No. Baseball contracts are so out of whack. They're like, this guy is going to get 20 years for a billion dollars. And then every other player is going to get one year for 2 million. And you're going to sign a week before the season starts. <laughs> yep, like, basically. Okay. All right. Hey, uh, before you move on, Ryan, from the fans, mm -hmm. from the listeners to us, people were kind of shocked with your take as the baseball guy, as the Twins guy, when last week you rated our offseason pretty, pretty negatively. I thought what that I the people kind of came in. Well, you were sort of like, look, our pitching is this, this, and this. We didn't do enough, you know, and we're saying, well, we got these good grades from ESPN and blah, blah, blah. Um, I think that I trust you and not that, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Yeah, I I maybe was overly harsh from a I wish we would have done more. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of baseball teams, especially the small market ones, are in the same spot. So I think if I could revise my score a little bit, I think I gave him a C minus. I would probably move it to like a C plus. Okay. Um, maybe a B minus with the with the shoemaker deal. But at the, at the same time, all my points still stand. They didn't upgrade significantly. 
in any of the spots that were mm -hmm. our weakest spots. Anybody who pretends Miguel Sano is a fantastic first baseman is lying to themselves. Um, anyone who thinks that Alex Kirloff, for all of his touts and a uh, great job in AAA and he had one base hit, he got his first base hit in a playoff game, that doesn't mean he can come in and play 162 games and be really good in left field starting out of the gate. So um, I just feel like there were some gaping holes that sort of didn't really get addressed and to pretend otherwise is kind of silly. Hey, that's why you're my guy for baseball. That's where I get my takes. Hey uh, guys. Um, I've given myself a new nickname. Okay. Yeah. New pod nickname. I'm officially uh, going as Ianon now. Okay. <laughs> I have all the conspiracy theories and answers to things that are going to happen. I just want everyone to know Ianon uh, does not lie and is telling you guys that sports are a sham and that they're written in advance. And I, only I, have access to the sports database of what's going to happen in this upcoming baseball season. So here we go. Are you guys ready for okay. this? This is right from Ian on. Ian on, okay. okay. Um, Buxton is going to look like an absolute superstar uh, in three different, um, like, 15-game segments. Stretches, yeah. And he's going to crash into the wall or dive and hurt himself and yep. miss uh, about 40% of the year. Um, I mean, if that – Ianon is kind of playing the hits there, but sure, go ahead. Yep, yep. yep. Yeah, you might um, need to get a little crazier, dude. Uh, Rocco Baldelli is going to be considered by all a great manager, but he's going to be just doing a, a discount version of what's happening with his old franchise, the Rays. Uh, finally, um, the Twins, after uh, being hot and cold throughout the season, but kind of hanging around in the division, are going to finish second in the Central. Uh, they're going to play against the Yankees in the one-game playoff uh, so technically making the playoffs again, in which case they will get absolutely throttled 11-3, uh, to 3, and their streak is the longest losing streak in the history of the playoffs continues. There you go. You heard it here first from Ianon. Okay. Well, that's not really Ianon. That's just sort of like the last five years of baseball. Well, it's going to be the next year or two. Ianon okay. would definitely involve pedophilia. So just rework your shit and get back to us when you got real scoops. I just told you what's going to happen. All right. All right, here we go. Next up, uh, in some sad news, former uh, Pro Bowl wide receiver Vincent Jackson, who played with the Tampa Bay Bucks and the San Diego Chargers, passed away at the age of 38. Um, doesn't sound like there was any foul play involved, but we don't want to speak on what it was or what it wasn't at this time, just that it was a sad event. Anytime a 38-year-old man dies, and this was uh, one who was a really great player, too. So just a bummer. thought we should mention it. And I'm sure there'll be more to come with that. Hopefully it's nothing too ter terrible or tragic beyond just his way too soon passing. All right. So number three for us. was the guy I was chomping at the bit to get in the second round in yeah. every fantasy draft. Loved him. What a beast. All right. Uh, number four, go for basketball. Roller coaster continues with another blowout loss to – the um, Maryland Terrapins. This comes after a late game heroic win by Marcus Carr and the team over a Purdue team last week. This team doesn't know what it wants to be. Are they an NCAA tournament team? Are they an NIT team? Who knows? No one knows at this point. I don't think even they do. The roller coaster continues. And what has been uh, a, a Big Ten season of ups and downs? Um, how are you guys feeling at this point about Gopher basketball? I mean, if there is a bubble to be ridden, Richard Patino knows how to find that razor's edge mm. of like, ah, we look really good against Purdue. And then we look like shit against Maryland. Like, I, I just don't understand. I think he's a bad coach. But yeah, um, I feel like we've got a decent amount of uh, whatever, like top 25 RPI wins that we're going to be on like the first four in part of the bubble. We're going to get thrown into like a six seed against a really good 11 seed and get trounced just similar to the, the middle, Tennessee five, middle Tennessee state yeah. year. I mean, I, I feel like well, that's happening. Yeah. You know, I'm excited. I mean, okay. The big wins for me do more for me than like the shitty losses when it comes to a, a sport or a team or whatever organization I don't care that much about. 
So, like, when I can tune in and they beat, like, a big-ass team like Michigan, I'm, like, really into it. And then when they lose to Maryland, I didn't even watch it, don't care. So, for me, it's kind of a positive season. Like, some of the big wins are way more for me. And I think that this is the type of team that could get in the tournament and win because they don't know what they're going to be. It's it's a roll of the dice. That is why being a bandwagon gopher fan is the best. Whenever yes. they beat when they beat Michigan, I'm like, that's my gophers. <laughs> when they lose to Maryland, I'm like, I don't even like college basketball. Did, does do the Tommies have college basketball? I don't even know. Yes, the Tommies, um, when I went there, they were national champs. D three national champs. And wow. this is actually cool. Winona State was that had the longest winning streak in the history of college basketball, I believe. They're a Division II team, multi-time Division II national champions. They were okay. like about an ESPN. They won like 98 straight games. And the team that ended their their record streak was St. Thomas. Oh, I wasn't listening. I'm sorry. Damn it. <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. That's great. Well, you asked. You brought it up. I know. I know. All right. Last but <laughs> least, the Wild are back in action. Finally, after everyone on the team had COVID, the NHL doesn't know what they're doing. Uh, turns out if you always host your all-star game in Florida and have Kid Rock as your performer, you probably also don't believe that COVID is anything but the common flu. The NHL is being dismantled beyond what any other sport is, other than the Canadian teams who are only allowed to play each other. Mm. I believe. So it's not So do you think the season's going to – what are they going to do? Um, keep getting COVID, I'm going to guess. Um, they're back, but multiple guys are still out, whether it's because of COVID or because of injuries. So they're playing a bunch of like minor league players who've never played before. Should be exciting. Uh, but in other news, Miko Koivu um, went to the Columbus Blue Jackets uh, temporarily and then um, retired now a couple of weeks into the season. Um, we could have told him he should have retired three years ago. A lot of people asking, should Miko Koivu have his jersey retired by the Minnesota Wild? Sure. What do you think? Yeah, why not? Hey, if uh, I've who, heard of him, who, he's probably a pretty big deal for the Wild. Whose jerseys do we even have retired? Yeah, exactly. Like, who are they going to have to move over? They have, what, a couple? They have none. Oh. I don't think they have oh. any. <laughs> I don't think they have any. I don't know who no, they would retire. No, well, no, nobody. Well, then if they don't have any, then maybe it is a too big a deal to give him the first one. That's kind of how I feel. Like, uh, we deserve better. State of hockey oh. is better. They deserve hey, better than the Wild. College hockey is popping off, but uh, everything else is rough. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on to our first big topic of the night. That's the Vikings offseason preview. So we're just going to give some ideas of where the season is headed. Why? Because the NFL is the best at being a 12-month-a-year thing than any other sport. I mean, they're always the main story all the time. Where is Deshaun Watson going to go? What a mega mega trade. J.J. Watt is cut. You know, Tom Brady coming back again. This and this. You know, they just. He got drunk and he threw the fucking Lombard, the trophy. Oh, my God. You guys see the woman crying and talking about how she hasn't slept in two days? (laughs) Yes, who cares? I don't don't like her. I don't care. He hasn't slept in two days because he desecrated the trophy. that Because her father designed it. Like a hundred years ago. I mean, I just first, first of all, first of all, there's no way that was the real trophy. Eh. Zero, zero percent chance they were letting guys on boats. Ryan, hammered. you know I can see you right now, right? And you're not wearing yeah. your tinfoil. No, I just there. It's a replica. There's no way they're giving them the real one. The real one was put back in the big aluminum styrofoam case. And yeah. they gave him one that's like weighted similarly, but it's not the actual one. There's no way that was the real trophy. I mean, mm. I mean, uh, Tom Brady right. had seven trophies. He took care of the first six. This one, he was like, nah. Yeah. Like a person with <laughs> seven kids, and the seventh kid, they're like, "Where's Billy?" And they're like, "Ah, not sure." <laughs> he's at the neighbors. I Maybe don't... he's probably with one of my other kids. I don't fucking know. <laughs> so Philip Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. All right, guys. Vikings offseason preview. So the Cousins trade talk has definitely died down. Um, and I think that the waters were being tested by the Vikings, by Cousins, and by other teams. Um, but I think there's just too much in dead cap in this year. Um, so I think Cousins will be back for at least one more year, if not two more years. 
um, that's fine. Um, mm -hmm. And like we said before, we have to figure out a way to protect him. We, you know, everyone talked about how poor the offensive line was for Mahomes in the Super Bowl, but it rated a 42 on PFF. The Vikings had three such games worse than that this last year. And it was wow. like impossible to watch. So yeah. if we keep Kirk vertical, uh, it probably will go well. If we can't, it will probably be more of the same mediocre play from the Vikings. Um, so I, I think Cousins is back and good to go. Um, some guys who could be gone, though. Um, Rudolph, I think, is gone for sure. I think Kyle Rudolph gone. is gone. That's okay. He was a great player for for us for a long time. He had, was great in our community. Uh, he's one of the more underrated Vikings players, a real touchdown threat who, you know, is like a fringe Vikings ring of honor guy, probably the best tight end in team history. Um, but I think his time is gone. He doesn't sound interested in taking a pay cut, which he would need to take. Um, Riley Reef is a name that we will hear a lot about. They paid him their $1 million bonus that they didn't need to pay him because he missed enough time that he didn't deserve to get it, but they gave it to him anyways um, as a move of like, Hey man, we're going to keep taking care of you, but you're going to need to make your salary work with what we have. So I think they're trying to kind of bribe him and pay him on the back end of last year to lower his number on the front end of this year. So I'm going to guess he's back with some tricky cap work and little things like that. Um, Sneaky stuff. Daniil Hunter is another one. We didn't see him all this year, but we heard all year, even though he didn't play, he missed the entire season with a neck injury, had surgery, that he feels he is underpaid and he wants a new contract. He's been making a lot of noise. Mm. I see both sides of this. One, he was very underpaid. He took a contract that was well below what he could get, and he probably deserves more. But I also think you're not coming from a real great place in negotiating when you missed the whole season. Yeah. Right. What are you going to hold out? And we needed him desperately. Um, I, I think, yes, he's going to hold out. Really? Yeah. I think that's that, your guy, man. That sucks. Yeah. At this point though, um, I would, we move. should pay him, right? I think they will. I think they will. If he gets hurt, man, that sucks. Can you like put in the contract? I, I, like if you get your shit fucked up and you only play, Six games or seven, eight games, whatever. You don't get your money. I don't know. They well, they, they have that contract. They have they have contract insurance for things like that. Okay, that they can um, purchase. Because if he can play, if he can play all the games, he's worth whatever. If he gets hurt, then we're screwed. We're like that's a huge turning point for us. In reality, if he's healthy, he's making I believe eleven or twelve million dollars a year right now. And he's probably worth somewhere between sixteen and twenty million dollars a year. Sixteen and twenty-two. I mean, he's he's a really good player yeah. and one of the better pass rushers in the league. Um, but I could see him being gone, honestly, if uh, if the demands get too much. A couple other guys who could go: Anthony Barr missed all but one game. Um, he's on a massive contract. He's making like sixteen or seventeen million. I think he's the second highest paid player on the team. Um, I would not be surprised if Anthony Barr is gone, to be honest with you. And they probably yeah. should have let him walk. And then the last name, um, a true Vikings great, but I think his days may be numbered, and that is Harrison Smith. Uh, makes a lot of money. They could cut him for with very little punishment or penalty, and he's, what, 32 years old now? Um, he's taken a step back. He's still one of the better safeties in the entire NFL but he's obviously past his prime. Um, you know, I think a really smart team would probably move on now. I think okay. like really cut through, like the Patriots would move on. Right. You know, um, so I, I think he's another guy just to watch as they have to get back under the cap before the draft and free agency starts. And then in the draft, they have uh, the 14th pick in the draft. And a lot of people believe – Four quarterbacks are going to go in the top 10, all right? Um, four quarterbacks and probably three wide receivers off the board before the Vikings. And that means that hopefully some of those D linemen and O linemen will slide to the Vikings at 14. Um, I don't know which they would prefer. I'm going to guess they would prefer D line because that defense was so terrible. But who knows? They really need to improve themselves in the trenches, no second round pick, two third round picks, maybe three. 
it's going to be an exciting draft, which we'll talk about a lot more in the coming weeks. So with all that being said, Eric, which quarterback are we taking in the first round? Hey, <laughs> so, so this is... I named Jordan Love. He's going to be amazing. <laughs> so here's the big thing. The analytics community is all about coverage over pass rush now is the big new trend. Um, all the analytics people say that the, the D-backs and the coverage linebackers are more important than any pass rush you could have and that they actually help create pass rush. So considering the Vikings' corners were terrible and their safeties may be gone, I would not be surprised if even in the first round the Vikings took yet another defensive back or some kind of really versatile linebacker in coverage and just kept going and building that coverage on a defense that was just awful last year. Yeah. But it would annoy the fans. It would annoy the fans for sure. Uh, Well, for me, who doesn't know anything, I'm like, why aren't they taking an O-line guy like a big white dude from Wisconsin? What the fuck? That's my knowledge. (laughs) And so if they took another cornerback, I'd be like, oh, my God. Don't they have a million of those dudes? Well, but like, they don't, uh, though. no, and, and listen, like if, if we, if we listen to what Eric said and that held true and Anthony Harris is gone and Harrison Smith is cut and Anthony Barr is gone, we got a lot of replacing to do in, in the secondary and the core of the linebacker. I mean, Kendricks is, is good, but he can't do it by himself. So I, I don't think any, I don't think. Eric Wilson or any of those guys are really up to the task. So you'd have to look to, to slot some new guys in and they'd have to be very young. Yeah. So I think that they're going to try to keep building that defense, which was just atrocious last year um, yeah. would be my guess in the first round, but we'll see. And I, I, I wouldn't put it past them to trade down and try to acquire a second round pick, which they lost in the Ngakwe trade you know, maybe move back 10 spots and try to get a, an extra pick or something. All right. If the defense, wait a minute. If the defense is above average, we do make the playoffs, right? Oh, Last year? I, I think. Yeah. Oh, we yeah. would have done, we would have been pretty good. Our, our offense, offense was like fifth or something? Yeah. Like our offense was good enough to be probably a contender, maybe, maybe just outside of a contender. Yeah. And our defense was like lottery pick <laughs> okay like, all right, all right. Yeah. so i get it so more boring ass picks great you guys better make it exciting because i'm not gonna care all right so let's move on to the timberwolves and as terrible as they have been um maybe there's a light at the end of the tunnel as carl anthony towns who has had the worst 12 months of almost anyone is yeah. back in the lineup and the t-wolves look to be a different team um with him in there he is still one of the most talented big men in the league he is a double double machine um he still has only played five games ever with his buddy D'Angelo Russell um which that is looking like one of the all-time worst Timberwolves trades and there's plenty of them yeah well we were psyched when we finally got rid of Wiggins so I don't know you can't make people happy well we traded Wiggins for Wiggins and we gave up a top I know and we have all our all our picks are gone um yeah <laughs> i mean it sucks it is nice to see towns back out there did you guys know that he made a few three-pointers last game and is now he has the most three-point makes out of any timberwolf of all time yeah does that seem even possible he's only played here for like four years five years well i think you're just you're just momentarily forgetting the level of horse shittery that the timberwolves have been for their entire existence. Never forget. So it does make sense to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, who's number two on the list? Like Tom Gugliotta? I bet it's, <laughs> like, I bet it's Sam Mitchell. Sure. Maybe Sam but, again, Guys from back in the day that nobody remembers. Sam Mitchell. And they weren't shooting threes. We've never been a modern team, so of course it makes sense. Our big fucking guy that's supposed to be playing like power forward center is shooting our three-pointers, so. But hey, it's it's all good. Yeah, it's exciting, right? I mean, we beat the Raptors. They're a good team. Um, that was interesting. Um, I I'm really teetering between like I don't care about this team. I just want to enjoy them. So they should win like every third game. So I they're all having fun, and I'm having fun. Or do they tank? Because they're not going to win. They're not going to win two out of three the rest of the season. Just they're not good enough. The problem is if you tank, you only get what your are you tanking for? 
you only get your pick if it lands in the top three. And yeah. the actual teams with the better odds now to get into the top three are like four, five, and six because they wanted to make it so teams didn't tank. So like yeah. the secondary group of shit teams actually has a better chance. So, you know, we could have the worst record and finish with the fourth pick, which would go in an amazing draft to the Warriors, help them build their next dynasty. And in our conference. And yeah. Well, and, and if you guys are, if you guys think that we're going to get another first overall pick from the NBA, you're smoking something. And I want a little bit of it because there's, there's no way that the NBA with mm. all of those other potential franchises that they could send two consecutive number one overall picks to wolves ain't getting it. You can say what you want about the frozen envelope and, and Ewing and Stern and all that. We're not we're not getting another number one overall pick. I mean, no guys, way. If you if you want to know, all you have to do is ask Ianon. Um, Ianon, what's Wolves, your theory? Wolves get the fifth pick in the draft. It's already decided. They wrote it in the script. Um, yeah. And Wolves get the fifth pick. It goes to the Warriors. And guess what? It's actually a superstar player. <laughs> He's great. He's so good. He's really likable. He would look great as a Timberwolf, but we'll never know. His name is Steve the only, Curry. They had another brother. We didn't know about it. He's going to be the best yet. Um, the only thing I will say about uh, Towns' return is some of the stuff I've been reading um, is that he said he's had conversations with Coach Saunders saying, we need to get Anthony Edwards more involved. We get, need to get him more touches. We need to get the offense and plays directed towards him. And I think he saw that in the Raptors game last night that he felt like he was a little bit more of a focal point and he's pretty good. I know we, you know, we were like, Oh, he looks really good early. And then, you know, we jumped ship a little bit and said, he's, he's struggling, but I think he's maybe found a little bit of a rhythm kind of understood a little bit more about the, you know, the, the NBA game itself and how it works and, you know, getting his feet under him. And I'm sure he'll hit another wall because most rookies do, but I feel like, I feel like he's building on something here and we should just, just be a little bit more patient with him than Twitter culture, you know, can tend to be with uh, lots of hype surrounding a person. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a part of his game, um, which you can't teach, which is just being uh six, six, 235 pounds, like being like a, like an NFL linebacker who can just get to the rim all the time and is competitive, competitive enough to do that. Um, so I think at very worst, worst case scenario, I think he's like a 18 to 22 point a game guy who just gets to the hoop and, you know, maybe he doesn't do enough in the rest of his game, but like, he's going to be a good scorer. Yeah, for sure. I just don't know why he doesn't get to the, the whole team. We're like last in free throw attempts. Because it's it's a coaching thing. Yeah. The coach should be pushing them to drive to the lane and then kick out, drive to the lane, kick out, and try to get to the line. He should be getting to the line way more often, and he would his points would go up. Everything would would be working better. Um, he should be really be drawing fouls, I think. But either way, he he like Eric said, his athleticism when he gets like moving towards the rim looks effortless yeah. for being as, as big of a dude as he is. Um, and so I think, you know, Eric kind of hit on like the intangibles where you're like, how does he move like that? Or how does he sort of look like he's just kind of gliding? Like he's just mm -hmm. kind of like very effortlessly moving. And I think um, once he is able to maybe add some different things to his repertoire, like he will be a pretty good NBA player. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I think that his his I actually feel more confident about his floor being higher now um, from what I've seen than I would have said Agreed. season. I think his yeah. floor is actually reasonable. I think he's going to be a good player. I just don't know if he's going to be worthy of the number one pick kind of player. He right. could be. He could still be an incredible 30 point a game Bradley Beal kind of guy or like Dwayne Wade. You know, like he could be a superstar. I just don't know if the Timberwolves are the right place to call Right now, you guys, would you switch Agreed. with LaMelo? Would you take LaMelo instead? Yes, I would for sure. Okay. I would too. For sure. Unfortunately. But we'll Only see. Only if we could get rid of one of our other point guards. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So uh, the one other thing about the Wolves, I think their bench has been pretty disappointing with guys like a Kogi and Culver being banked yeah. up or ineffective or, um, you know, not very um, reliable in their scoring, especially. Um, Ricky's been pretty bad. Um, yeah. Been actually pretty, pretty bad. Um, but the one piece that I feel uh, hopeful about is um, the other rookie, McDaniel. Who yeah. Looks like a nice Fucking block machine, dude. He gets like two a game every game. Long, athletic. He can shoot. He's like a stretch four who can guard the rim a little bit. I feel pretty good about um, those two rookies, even if they're not the perfect picks, that they're at least going to be pretty good pros. Um, you know, they're going to be pieces that are going to help the team more so than maybe a Kogi and Culver and Gorgi mm-hmm. and guys we've had in the past five, six years of drafts. Um, I agree. Lastly, uh, all-star game. A lot of talk about the all-star game. Most of the players seem to think it's an insanely stupid idea. Uh, they're trying to do a socially distant, safe three-point contest and dunk contest. Why don't we just skip this? This seems like a an yeah. easy skip. This seems like a make a hype video for the guys who made the All Star team, and that's it. Yeah, I'm on board with whatever LeBron says. Yeah. LeBron says LeBron says it would be a slap in the face. I'm with him. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, All Star game. Of course, we need an All Star game. LeBron's like, All Star game, stupid. I'm like, exactly, LeBron. So stupid. Totally yeah. so dumb. What a yeah. dumb idea. I never thought that. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, next up, we're going to real quickly lightning round this. Champions League is back with the round of 16. We have waited since early December to get back into the Champions League, one of the great tournaments in sports. Um, so, Champions League's back. First game tomorrow. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this on Tuesday, it's today. Tuesday. Red Bull Leipzig from Germany versus Liverpool. Who we, we're, we're not going to pick the individual game. We're going to pick the round. Who's moving on? Liverpool is moving on. Although they have played like shit, they are moving on. Uh, is your goalkeeper awake for this these, these matches, Jim? Or or what's what's his plan? Is he going to oh, be looking? Oh, God. I, don't, I can't really defend them. I'm coming no. from a place of hope and love. And that's all I can I mean, say. And faith. Uh, they're, they're really, they're playing so horribly. Um, you know, every, every time they lose, they kind of all like rally on social media and they say the right things. And this is on us. It's time for accountability. This will be the week that we really, we really double down on our practice and our mental fortitude. And then they like lose three to one against Lester or whatever the fuck happened, you know? So I don't know. I don't know if they know what to do. Um, but I have to pick them. So let's see what you guys say. I think Liverpool edges them out like four to three, but Leipzig gives them hell for the entirety of both legs. Yeah. I like Liverpool here. I think that they're just in a better league and they're just a better team. And they're playing. That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. All right. The big matchup, though, also on Tuesday Barcelona versus PSG. You know, is this the uh, biggest matchup of the, the, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Messi. And company versus Neymar and Mbappe. This is two absolute juggernauts. They've had incredible matchups over the last few years. I am going with PSG. Okay. I don't hate it. Like Barcelona is getting old. Uh, I know they're trying to replenish uh, some, you know, some younger talent, but they're like uh, the German squad from the last World Cup. Like this might be the last hurrah for. A bunch of them. Uh, PSG just has too many weapons. Um, I don't know if Pochettino has had really enough time to impact their tactics and their game plan, but I think they PSG has way more talent at this point in time than Barcelona does. That being said, Messi could still pull out like a Messi type, uh, you know round and have like three goals and two assists and completely change the entire thing. But I'm going to go with, uh, with Eric on this and go PSG. Okay. I'm good with the consensus. All right. Uh, next up Wednesday's games, we have Sevilla from uh, Spain versus Borussia Dortmund from Germany. 
Um, I'm going with one of the best coaches in the world, Emery, the former Arsenal coach, <laughs> as they are going to take down a disastrous Dortmund team. Dortmund has fired their coach. They've already announced their next coach, and they are crumbling in the Bundesliga. I think it continues here. Sevilla is meant for European competition, and I think they get the job done. Not only that, Emery's really good at the tournament. For sure. I mean, they got the coolest kits. They got that dude that's like, um, what's his name? Holland. Yeah. He's unbelievable. And I would have picked that, but that's why I, I listen to you guys. So Sevilla's the shit, huh? Just ask Ryan. I feel like Sevilla has beat Chelsea like three times in tournaments where they've just bored the shit out of Chelsea yeah. for, for two legs and won like one nothing. Like they're <laughs> meant to like knock teams out of tournaments. All right, Sevilla. Well, except for that they were in our group and finished second. But other than that, um, I'm going Dortmund. They're, they, I'm they going have Dortmund. Way, they have way too much talent. I think I think Holland is going to score five goals in the first two legs of this and beat the shit out of Sevilla. I would love. I know Emery. Emery's like a, a European tournament savant, and he does really well. Uh, but I think uh, Dortmund is insanely talented, and that will overcome. Okay, the other game is uh, Porto um, from Portugal versus the like 11 time running Italian champion Juventus with Cristiano Ronaldo. Juventus. That's a bad matchup. Juventus rolls through. Yeah. I think this is like maybe the worst matchup. I think Juventus. Absolutely. I, there, there's, there's one worse, but this, that one's, that one's the second worst. All right. Um, all right. Next up we have next week's matchup on Tuesday, Atletico Madrid versus Ryan's team, Chelsea. What do you guys think happens in this one? I'll go first. Atletico. Um, so there's the, the weird thing about this is this is being played in Budapest, I think, the, the first leg, because um, Chelsea's not allowed to travel to Spain or something like that. I don't know what the I don't know what the restriction was, but Atletico is playing a Rex home match in Budapest, and then the next match is going to be played in London at Stamford Bridge. So um, I have no idea. Madrid is the worst opponent for Chelsea to play right now, which is like defensive minded, really well coached, really well organized, tactically disciplined across the board. Um, it takes a lot to break them down and score goals. And then they counterattack like sons of bitches. And, and they're running away with La Liga. They're destroying La Liga, beating Real Madrid, beating Barcelona. And it's an aberration. Like they, they have a phenomenal team. Um, for me to pick against Chelsea, I think would be uh, sacrilege. I think we squeak. I think we squeak by, and I mean by the hair of our teeth. Um, sorry, the skin of our teeth. In like a three-two or four-three like dog fight, like just just brutal. Um, they beat us up, and we get lucky in the end. That's what I'm hoping for. People in North London had some hair on their teeth. I wouldn't be that surprised. It's kind of a cultural thing. <laughs> but true. I do That's think true. that – Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. Come on. I don't think you're going to win this one. Okay. I'm Good for you. With, I'm going with Atletico. <laughs> I think that they are a terrible matchup for Chelsea. Good. I love it's it. Count us draw. Out. It's a shit draw, and I, I'm rooting Count for you. Trust out. me. I am cheering Count for Chelsea. Out. Count oh, us out, you fucks. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Next up, the worst draw actually is the defending champs, Bayern Munich versus uh, Rome's Lazio. I think Bayern Munich fucking harms Lazio in this. Eight to, eight to one, yeah. I think, is the is final. Is this the, the worst matchup, Ryan? Is this the one you This is the worst. To? This is a, okay. Uh, Munich is going to destroy Lazio, and they, they're going to wish they never even picked up a soccer ball. Yeah. I think that uh, – I'm going to go so far. Are you guys ready for this? I'm going to go so far as to say that I think Bayern Munich is the best run franchise in the sports. Whoa. In sports. Wow. I think they're the best run franchise in all of sports. I think that they 
are in a league that they pretty much own, which makes it easy to do that. Um, mm-hmm. They also de- destroy people on, uh, you know, an international level, you know, as well. They destroy teams in the Champions League every year. They win trophies every year. They win the second or third best league every single year. They just humiliate teams. And I just think they that pill- they pillage guys like Serge Gnabry from teams like Arsenal. They pillage guys from everyone, though. They do. I mean, they just they sign everyone. They don't overpay for anybody. They like they just they're the best run team. They just they're just a machine, and they're they're also cool because even though I don't want to like them because it's like just jumping on the biggest bandwagon ever, they literally paid money. They gave a big loan to Borussia Dortmund, their bitter rivals to keep them in business a few years back when they were struggling financially because they knew it was good for the league and good for the sport. So Bayern Munich kills them. That's pretty cool. That's my German team, by the way. Um, next one, Atalanta, who went deep last year uh, from Italy versus Real Madrid. Uh, Real Madrid's been disappointing. I still think they get this done. Yeah, I think I think Madrid wins. Yep. And finally, uh, Borussia uh, Mönchengladbach from Germany. Uh, they are going against Man City, who are nearly the champs of, of England. What uh, One team wrecking machine. They have turned it around. What, have they won like 20 fucking Premier League games in a row or something? 16? Like, 16? They're just they're crazy. They're going to win the Carabao Cup over Spurs, of course. They are still alive in the FA Cup. They are one of the favorites to win the Champions League, and they're going to win the league. They are having an incredible year. They're going to kill Mönchengladbach, whose coach just announced today that he is going to be the next Borussia Dortmund coach come summertime. So he's got one foot out the door already. I like Man City. All right. I do too, unfortunately. I I don't like him. Don't like him. But I like him in this round. All right. We we all agreed on on six of the eight ties. So naturally, we'll get multiple of those ones wrong. All right. Finally, guys, the medal stand for today is the best tournament or playoffs um, just during this this um, podcast, I've actually changed my answer. Okay. Wow. You can't because you're going to take mine. I'm going to let you go first then. Uh, I'm taking Champions League because it's the best tournament in all of the world. You are taking the best of the best, and you're pitting them against one another from all of these different leagues. You get to see teams play each other that would never play each other in any other facet other than like a, a friendly in Japan or the United States, you know, mm-hmm. um, where are you going to get Barcelona against PSG to the juggernaut of Spain versus the juggernaut of, you know, the French league. Like th- there's, there's no other tournament in the world that offers anything to this level. And especially when you get down to, you know, if all the teams that we mostly agreed on win, you know, you're going to have like Man City playing against, you know, uh, Chelsea or PSG or Borussia Dortmund or Real Madrid. Like, I mean, these these matchups are unprecedented when you have teams that are at like their peak. So Champions League for me is the ultimate tournament. Uh, and that's not taking anything away from March Madness, which is fun, but it's also cute compared to Champions League. Like, Champions League is the best of the best of the best that play for months during their season, and then they have a knockout tournament, which has two legs per matchup until the final. Random draws. Random draws. Which is so exciting. The draw is so fun. I wish that all sports had a random draw. Yeah. All right, Jim, what are you going with? Well, um, Ryan ripped it a little bit, but I'm going to go with March Madness. Um, it's incredibly exciting. It takes people that aren't necessarily big sports fans and draws them in. It's the ultimate water cooler tournament, at least in America. And it's fun. And you, everybody gambles on it. It normalizes gambling, which I'm always into. And it just, it makes it so much fun. It's full of surprises. Um, although the, the, Minnesota does not have a long history in this tournament. They they make it and get eliminated very quickly. I get that. but And yet, we still care about it, don't we? Everyone still cares about it. Even if their team isn't like a top four seed, everybody's still into it. I think it's really fun. All the networks get into it. There's 
multiple games on at any point. I know Eric always has this thing about statistically there's not that many buzzer beaters, but one or two of them per tournament will make a big impact. Um, I love it. I think it's really fun. It's a time for all these players to shine and then raise their draft stock, and then they become huge sensations in the NBA from then on, which I love. So for me, it is the NCAA tournament. When you're talking about, you know, I don't I don't watch a lot of college basketball, but I watch that every year. Yeah, I agree with you. Like I, I did rip it a little bit, and that was just more for show because I was trying to I was doing the it's, thing where it's I cute like if you don't have much of a chance. But it's yeah. not very cute if you're like Duke and you want a motherfucking win. It's pretty or serious. You're a, you're, a, you're a Kansas fan or, you yeah. know, et cetera, across the board. No, I, and this I could be your agree. fucking year. Last year you were in the, the final four, and this year it could be your year. It's a big deal. The only thing I – the thing I think that makes the tournament the most fun is filling out your bracket. Yeah, I, I love it. I love filling out brackets – it didn't happen last year, but like I filled them out consecutively since I've been like 10, like yeah. the, the filling out of the bracket is like a, it's like the, like the advent calendar, you know, at Christmas <laughs> or, or whatever. Like it, it's just one of those things where you look forward to it every single season, no matter what. Exactly. Yes. What other tournament do you do that? What's the, that's it. That's the only one you you do. You care enough to do that with every, every single year, every person. Okay. So I'm going to give you a few thoughts. I was going to pick the NFL playoffs because they're, so great. Awesome. One game at a time. The games are usually pretty damn good. Especially like mm-hmm. the last couple rounds before the Super Bowl are always really I'd say awesome. a third of the games are good, but yeah, okay. I mean, like that championship round is probably the best day in sports. You know, that yep. the NFC championship day is just six hours of electric fucking excitement. It is. It's just so great. So I, I love that, but that was gonna be my pick. But I changed my mind. Um I don't know. Maybe my pick doesn't count. It might be not a fair pick. Okay. But I'm going to go with the best tournament in all of sports. And that is the world cup. The world cup is the best tournament in all of sports. It is just like the champions league, but a much bigger deal. It is national pride on the line. It is the greatest players. It is upsets. It is teams, little, little countries from Africa it's the only time we ever have pride in an American sport, really, where we can compete against the rest of the world and we're not the favorites. It is all of the best players trying to win, and it ends up being, you know, the same traditional countries for the most part, duking it out. Yeah, Germany, Italy, Spain, France. Yeah, but <laughs> or who was in the final last time? Croatia was, you know? like Yeah, true. Or Brazil. Croatia goes through and gets all the way to the final. You know, so I think that the World Cup is so fun. It lasts for like a month. It is bigger than the Olympics. It is the most watched sporting event in the world. It's probably unfair because it only happens every four years. Um, so if if you guys think that's unfair, I would throw my support behind Ryan and the Champions League, which I think. Yeah, I think I think that think every four years tournaments get it. You think they they do it best? Both you guys clearly. Well, I think they're just they're just bigger. Yeah. I know I know in America the NFL playoffs are are huge. But And we love I it. Mean, we get no, it. I, I'm not, I'm not saying I don't love it. Yeah. Like right. I, I obviously love it. I'm I'm tuned in, I'm glued to the TV. I mean, with the with the expansion of the playoffs this season, it was literally like two straight weekends of like noon, three <laughs> o'clock, seven thirty. Like, you know what I mean? It was just I was like there. back to back to back bangers. Um and loved every minute of it. But I think just globally, soccer's bigger overall. And I think that that adds to the stakes. And and I will piggyback a little bit on Eric's take too, in that not only not only is does the World Cup happen, you also have qualifying. Like yeah. uh, and as a US men's national team fan, that's a painful experience yeah. uh, every so often of when you should be beating like the Trinidad and Tobago's and you don't, and then you don't get to play in the world cup. So um, they're like, oh, all you have to do is just beat this uh, Venezuela team and you're in. And we're like, we can't do it. <laughs> yeah, like we're like, nah, we're going to pass this year. We're not ready. Um, but I think, I think if you're going to say the greatest tournament in the world, while the peak is super high, there is that like three year lull in between where nothing happens. So I think that's the, that's the only knock against it, but yeah, I love the world cup. 
I love the World Cup too. We even did our draft uh, a couple of years ago, which Eric won, unfortunately. Can't wait to do that again. All right, guys, that is it. That's all the time we have on this episode of the Nordies podcast. Let us know what you guys think is the greatest tournament or playoffs in the world. Uh, and also, let us know what you thought about our takes on that the episode today. We have another episode of Screencast with all sorts of news and recs for you guys. Until then, thank you guys so much for listening to your favorite podcast with your three best friends in the whole wide world, the Nordies podcast.